Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Godzilla to my King Kong. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Yeah, dude, I don't know if you saw that Instagram video I posted, Kevin, but me and me and Odin watched Godzilla, and uh, he he is a full-on Godzilla roarer. That's the uh, most is. adorable thing I've seen in a while. Man. Yeah, and then our very own Rodan. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. How you doing? So good. We're For those that don't know, we're recording this podcast very late. Went to pick Kevin up. Picked him up relay race style. He was running. Uh, then he stopped running. I said, "Why you stop running?" And he's like, "Because oh, my lane ran out." It's crazy, but we're here, here to record. Let's do it. Somebody dropped a baton. Uh, it was really loud. The, Brett the, fell at the finish line. The, and was crying. The staff of the uh, of the middle <laughs> we school. We carried him off, cool running style on our shoulders. Well, you know, nobody likes relay races anyway. Uh, you know, uh... <laughs> of you all of our it? bad Brett impressions, yours is the worst, <laughs> which makes it my favorite. I actually saw Brett this week too. Okay, anyway, you could have perfected it. Anyway, he's we had fun. We, we shot hoops. All right, so <laughs> going way off track already. Uh, let's go with Seahawks news this week. Seahawks sued Malik McDowell, claimed he's failed to re-sign, repay his signing <laughs> bonus. His response on Twitter, well, I could play. The doctor cleared me. The Seahawks doctor cleared me, which I'm kind of like, No, the Seahawks doctor didn't clear him. He was cleared by another doctor. And then oh, he basically right. gave he's... like the Why a, he's a one-third review of the credentials of the Seahawks doctor, leaving out all the parts where he's like a concussion specialist and tried to claim that he wasn't a concussion specialist. To which I would say, if his brain was fully functional, he didn't know not to tweet that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, droll, Kevin. It Very is, droll. It is two hours late, and I'm chippy. Yeah, well, the, there's also um, a lot... There was a lot of... Something to get Kevin to get chippy about here. There was a lot of those uh, camp stories, you know, where, like, LJ Collier is impressing everyone, and now uh, DK Metcalf's way farther along than that people will expect him to be, and it's just... I, oh, uh, my I favorite! My favorite because it's my favorite story every single time. Guess who's in the best shape of their career? Uh, oh, so good! Wait, wait! Literally all of them. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> but it's I believe it's uh, Rashad Penny is the one I'm going with. So this is, it's just a I hate I hate stories like that because it's like yeah good guys are in shape they're also professional athletes. Get ready, folks! You're gonna get one of these once a week. And then another thing that makes me mad is like the like hyper speculative trades. Like, should the Seahawks trade for Darius Slay? Nope. No, we don't need to pay 15 million to a corner. Like, it's like he's very expensive. His contract goes two years. We already have two cornerbacks who are potentially even better in our system than and he is. And he wants to be re-signed at a higher rate. Yeah, it's, it's no, they should not trade for Darius Slay. Like, not in, not under any circumstances. Glad the, we covered that one. Family. The guy, the guy who we should trade for it, it, that we could never get because he's in division is Pat Pete. Like, I don't love Pat. Patrick Peterson, but I think he would be really good in our system, and uh, just it would be a fine fit. But Arizona is never going to give him to us. No, nope. he'd be a fine chance. number two for like three years. Yeah, exactly. Like he could he could definitely like provide a nice floor for our outside cornerback play and give you know Shaq and Flowers all the room they need to develop while consistently providing good playmaking and all that stuff. So, but yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not a thing that's going to happen. So I'm going to stop talking about it. <laughs> Any any other uh, Seahawks news you guys heard this week? Uh, I thought there was an interesting story from Hawkblocker about the potential Jermaine Effetti extension. Um, and long story short, why we won't be extending Jermaine Effetti. The offensive tackle market is out of control. Jawan James, who was equally bad, um, is making $12.75 million APY yeah. to play right tackle. Trent Brown, who had a similar career trajectory, 16.5 million APY. Afedi's option is 10.35. 
there's a very low chance he wouldn't be going for a similar APY over any type of extension. And how y'all feel about paying Jermaine Effetti 10 mil? Uh, I'm coming out of retirement at those wages. So I think we're looking at next year, something going on, and the beginning of the either George Fant or Jamarco Jones era at right tackle. Now, I I would tend to uh, be with you on that. I think Fant, Fant has looked excellent in all the OTA stuff I've seen, and he also he looks excellent in that tight end role. I'm just a I'm a Fant fan. We're fantastic. We're fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, okay. Here, my favorite thing about camp is the camp stories. None of them have involved the Seahawks yet, but the good Seahawks camp story is coming. But here's some of here's some of my favorite ones from the past week. You ready? Yep. Juju Smith Schuster went to prom with a guy. Yeah, which I, I thought saw was that. awesome. And they chanted uh, "censored a b" at yeah. the uh, at the prom because that's what kids do. Second one. Uh, Bruce Arians. Lit. Bruce Arians had rookie kicker Matt Gay line up for a fifty yarder. He said, <laughs> "If you nail this kick." We will end a practice early. Pressure's on. On a rookie kicker, that is like That's high huge. pressure. Drilled it. Knocked it through the uprights. Practice is over. They Ooh. like lifted him up on their shoulders and stuff. <laughs> Roberto Aguayo, you know, eat your heart out. You know, uh, you know how I hate to say it, but I'll admit it. That's a good coach. <laughs> he set he set up his his whole team for success all year. I'm changing for the Bucks preview. Okay, Jordan Matthews got excited at the 49ers uh, practice when he caught a touchdown. He went to throw it into the fence, missed, threw it over the fence, and into someone's car. <laughs> yes. All the defensive players made fun of him, I guess. <laughs> Man, that's Jordan Matthews' first touchdown he's ever caught. I was waiting for you to tell me he, like, like hit the poor kid doing a make-a-wish or something, like, horrible. Okay, I was uh, really waiting for that to go off the rails. I was waiting for the grammatic injury. Patrick, Patrick uh, or sorry, uh, Matt LaFleur. Uh, Green Bay Packers coach tore his Achilles yes. playing basketball with, yes. the, with, the, with oh. the players. Um, didn't didn't miss a practice. And then <laughs> uh, last one, uh, Blake Bortles. <laughs> yes. Two Blake Bortles stories. I'm going to tell them in the order the of which I like them. The bus. Double, double First one, the, the the Blake Bortles story that obviously true. Uh, Blake Bortles said, "I've never seen coaching like I'm getting with the Rams." Excellent. I feel like <laughs> I feel like putting like I'm getting with the Rams. Was just unnecessary. Yeah, we we know the Jaguars suck. And then <laughs> Blake Bortles never seen coaching. And then the second one, okay, Blake Bortles bought a Tesla. Yes, yes. Because he wanted to go to the gas station <laughs> left because he, less because he thought it would help him stop dipping. Yes. That is a man with a plan. You know what will really help him a stop dipping? Plan not being in the South. Yeah, yeah. Because everywhere else, not a socially acceptable thing. I mean, it's not going to be really cool in L.A. Okay, and then the other, like, tangentially Seahawks-related news is Gerald McCoy is a Panther, so we can just stop talking about that. Also, Russell Wilson said he wants to play till he's 45. That's right. That's silly. Did you hear about Brother Brown's podcast guy who, like, reported that he was like, uh, Gerald McCoy has eliminated the Panthers. It's down to Browns or Ravens. And then the next day, he said... <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> we just want to let you guys know, as a, as a host of a mildly successful pod- Seahawks podcast... I don't have very many good sources. Um, so know, if I ever, make anything so if I ever try to break any news, you can just tell me to fuck right off. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm good at analyzing the tape, but I'm not going to be, I don't have any inside sources. I'm not Schefter. You know, it's like that, that is just ridiculous. Um, all right. Uh, any other, any other news you guys wanted to hit this week? Are we on to our, our topic du jour? Oh, we got, we got 
the first division preview. I can't wait. Okay. We get to unleash some cornerstones did of you the guys, Seahawks Nest did podcast. You, did you guys pick? <laughs> did you guys pick every game yet, or are we? A week, uh, are we oh, not? do we don't do that until later. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh I, I uh, okay. That makes one of us. Honestly, every single year, this is exactly how it goes. I'm, I'm ready, guys. Kevin and I pick it later, and you are way ahead of yourself. But you always change it. So I it's always, okay. I always like modify because there's always late signings or guys start to uh, you know appear. Or my favorite Nathan thing. What was I thinking putting the Ravens this high? What about this one? Uh, the the Bears just got Long team <laughs> Bears just got Khalil Mack, so I'm gonna go ahead and go twelve and four like yeah. last year. That yeah. worked out pretty good for More me. Or less. I, I had the Bears in like every wins pool I was in. It was very satisfying. Okay. Let's let's hit this one. Ready? Bills. Six and ten last year. Oh, I thought we were going by finish last season. Nah, we I go alphabetical by city name. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 the, it means like the anything. pros do it. Yep. Uh, okay, so we are at, we are at Buffalo Bills. The Bills added uh, John Brown. T- I did top three ads by snaps, top three drops by snaps, and draft picks in the first three rounds. Just so you know, I it, think that's great. So Seahawks Nest podcast listeners, that's why way I decided to do this. Um, John Brown, T.J. Yeldon, Frank Gore, and uh, they dropped Jordan Mills, John Miller, and Kyle Williams. Drafting defensive end Ed Oliver, t- offensive tackle Cody Ford, and running back Devin Singletary. The Seahawks connection for the Los Angeles for the or for the Los Angeles for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Stephen Hauschka's on the Bills. There you go. You might, you might remember him, Seahawks legend Stephen Hauschka. Hausch money. Yeah, he's he's a uh, pretty great. If I'm not if I'm being honest, and he never should have been not on the team. But that is neither nah, here nah, nor nah, there. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, well, we're going to have to pay him a lot. Does anybody circle the wagon? We are paying our current kicker a lot. Nobody circled the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, did your wife, when you called her, tell her about all the Chris Berman impersonations that were going on in your house? I like how this began with me doing a decent Chris Berman impersonation, and now it's just me intentionally doing a bad Chris Berman impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a couple of those. Bumbling, stumbling. Uh, so, okay, let's talk about the uh, the Buffalo Bills. Okay, Bills got Cole Beasley. Bills got John Brown. They are trying to make their receiving core competent. Andre Roberts, decent little guy. Tyler, Ta- Croft, Tyler Croft, who's sometimes not injured. Yeah, uh, they re they retool their backfield, which gives them the uh, flexibility to trade Lashawn McCoy, which I think is smart because a contending team will want Lashawn McCoy for a mid round draft pick when their running back gets hurt. And Devin Singletary is an interesting player. Having the insurance policy of Frank Gore and T.J. Yeldon makes uh, if Devin Singletary works out as a round three pick, it's a good pick. But I'm, if he doesn't work out, you still have a functioning backfield. I'm more than a little salty that Ed Oliver didn't go to a three four team because I think as a three four defensive end, he is literally the perfect. Uh, projectable for that the as a prototypical as a defensive tackle i think in a four in a four three which is what he'll be he'll be pretty good he'll be able to replace some of that kyle williams production maybe even be a little better than kyle williams in their rotation i really like their de- their defensive line rotation at oliver star lutalele shack shack lawson trent murphy jerry hughes like they have legitimate pieces in their defensive line tremaine edmonds is a nice piece to put behind them with lorenzo alexander um this is a, a like a, a weird team where i like some pieces I like Tredavious White and Raphael Bush. I hate Kevin Jones. Like, you know what I mean? There's just, like, all these pieces in this. Some are really good, and some are just, yeah, Cody, like... like uh, having Cody Ford, and then they signed uh, Quentin Spain and, and Deon, uh, Mitch Morse. Deion Dawkins can start to make the jump. Yeah, so they made, like, a huge upgrade to the interior of their offensive line, but then they got rid of uh, um, Glenn, and then... 
like their tackle situation is not good, but it also used to be not good. So you can't like downgrade yeah, from bad to bad. Going with I also they think they, gonna be they have set up the wide, the right like wide receiver core for having Josh Allen as your quarterback. Just where, like, YOLO balls. John Brown is a deep ball threat. <laughs> Zay Jones is a deep ball threat. And Cole Beasley's really good at running deep routes from the slot. So they're really just going to come out there and chuck it. Yeah, dude, YOLO ball. Cole it's, Beasley comes back for passes too, which Allen's going to need. They're um, going to be stupidly fun to watch. I think. I think this is a like a potentially interesting fun team. I don't know how good they really are. Josh Allen is someone I still don't have a lot of faith in, but he is really fun to watch. I like the Bills for around for eight and eight this year. Um, I think they're pretty decent. I don't think they lost really hardly anything. Looking at their losses was like not concerning at all. And they went six and ten last year. I see him making a slight jump forward. I like the Bills for eight and eight. Eric. Uh I, I have basically the same opinion on this team. They seem to be building the team around various different acquisitions that kind of like not with a plan uh kyle williams is like the bills legend that retired i really like ed oliver i think ed oliver is going to make a difference on this team uh that the people will see right away I'm, I'm excited for that draft pick having said that i have them them at the exact same six and ten because when i was scouting them this week i was like really they finished six and ten okay six and ten again Kevin, do you do you, do you uh, sh- stray from either of our opinions? I got some. I with? got some very very uh, strong takes on this. So, the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> were second in defensive DVOA last year, and thirty first in offensive DVOA. Tell you right now, I don't believe you. Thirty <laughs> second in uh, no, special teams DVOA. I'm I'm with Kevin on this. their defense is their is defense mad is good. legit. Yeah. Their offense and special teams are. Are terrible. They Eric. really yeah, tried to retool. They really tried to retool this offense, though. And when it comes, kind of, when it comes to targeting players, nobody circles the draft sheet like the Buffalo Bill. Uh, their uh, interior offensive line is much better. There, uh, they didn't really lose anything on defense. They added a little bit, a little bit, and I agree with their wide receiver core making a lot of sense. The other thing, the the tip for all you out there. The Miami Dolphins went four and two in this really bad division, which is what allowed them to be seven and nine last year. Dolphins are kicking back. Buffalo went two and four in the division. Buffalo is better than not New England. And therefore, I think that the Bills are probably going to be about four and two in the division, which will be enough to kick them around to an eight and eight record up from six and ten. Wow. I think the division wins will get them to 500 and false hope playoff contention. Yeah. Um, I, think, I, I think feel the, like it's going to be a fun offense to the watch. The Bills too. are solidly in the mix for that last playoff spot. If you think that there's a big delta between the Browns and the Bills, all you're doing is disrespect or respecting the Patriots. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't like you. Lo- you think the Patriots are good? Well, guess what? You're right. The Patriots are always good. But, but if the if you put the Bills into the AFC North and switch the Browns into the AFC East. I don't see a, a, that big of a difference between these two teams, except for Baker Mayfield is better than Josh Allen. I think that's like, a pretty big difference, though. You, but the defenses are really similar, like similarly as talented. And I feel like I the, Bills the Bills have a better gel. Be I feel like the, yeah, the Bills, due to their quarterback, are going to be high variability. Their defense is going to be solid across the board. Their offense, uh, if they hit on big plays, then they can put up some really good point totals. And if they score 28, they're... Probably not going to get outscored. I agree like, with I that, but I, I don't trust someone to win a shootout against them. But I also could see like sub fifty percent completion percentage and crap. Yeah, I didn't. I feel like when you, 
you guys are saying they re- retooled their offense. I feel like they threw some players in that were different than the ones they had. All right. Oh. Uh, I see. I disagree, man. I think they're John they're Brown wide. and Cole Beasley. I'm not like, oh wow. I'm just like, okay, that's more guys. Yeah, more guys that fit the offense. They went from a left tackle playing wide receiver in uh, Calvin Benjamin to hey. legitimate people that can run down the field. Being one of three guys waiting for two giant sacks of chicken nuggets, let's lay off Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. Even though he's terrible. Kelvin Benjamin has not ever seen a pancake that he would not eat. Okay, that he... <laughs> I uh, I don't know, man. I'm not... He might be more of a waffle man, Applebee's, but that's Applebee's stock went down after that man left. Uh, From one fat man to another, we recognize our own. <laughs> okay, uh, Buffalo Bills in the books. We we are we're on the trending towards eight. Miami, uh, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Do Miami it, Nathan. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one draft pick. Okay, Miami Dolphins last season went seven and nine. They added Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Tank Carradine. They lost Juwan James, uh, Danny Amendola, Cameron Wake, a bunch of other people. They drafted Christian Wilkins and Michael Dieter. This is the most insane thing about them. They did not have a very interesting draft or even that many draft picks um seahawks connection you guys ready for this oh oh did i mess this up seahawks legend jamar taylor signed his first contract with the dolphins is that right is that right i think that's right okay so so i don't know it's your stat man i seahawks i put seahawks legend in there that was like kind of facetious that guy's like not even played one snap (laughs) you one regular season (laughs) you forgot that you made it facetious. but yes he signed he signed up my his first contract was signed with the miami dolphins in 2013 so there you go uh, that is the connection between us and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, do you think Jamar Taylor makes the final CF roster? Uh, I think he could. Okay. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> he's maybe he's, he's one of the guys fighting for the last spot. Yeah, you know, I agree. He's like he's fighting for like a backup slot corner spot. Correct. Uh, okay. I think it depends if uh, Ugo Amadi comes in there and just locks it down, and we're like, eh, this other guy we really want to keep, like if Simeon Thomas. Is a guy that we want to keep to compete on the outside or something? I can see him being out. Okay, here's my question for you guys about the Dolphins. You guys ready? I got three questions. Is One, how good is Tank? Does Kenny? Does Kenyon Drake finish the season on this team? Yes. What about Xavier Howard? No. Yes. Some one of these guys, one of these 2016 draft picks, they're going to be like, we're not going to be good by 20, 2020 either. So let's trade this guy for. They massive just resigned Xavier Howard for a bunch of money, so they won't be able to move him. I was going to say if they trade Kenyon Drake, though, that's basically begging for the at, number one pick. Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard is good at uh, football. Xavier Howard is like the Buffalo Bills offense. He's the. Um, he has <laughs> high variability. He is the. He is. Uh, he is. <laughs> Not should not be the highest paid cornerback in the league. Let's just say that. Nope. Okay. But guess who is? If you guess Xavier Howard, you would be correct. Okay. Here's my thing about the Dolphins. They want to attack Leo so bad. They are trying to suck, and they will suck seed. Okay. So Josh Rosen is the new. Feels so bad for this guy. Their front seven is a disaster. Yeah. I do not know any other way to put this. This front seven but they got will Tank be so bad. <laughs> I cannot stress this Christian enough. Wilkins. No, they lost. Oh, they did add Tank Carradine. Why would you do that? <laughs> oh my gosh! This, they have Minka Fitzpatrick and Xavier Howard. Uh, that's they good. do. They've that's got good. a. They've got a decent back end. They've got a front end that's like. So the Miami Dolphins. When you look at their roster, you're like, 
Well, that's not terrible. The offense that's, is the offense looks terrible. looks decent. The offense well, looks like it could be decent, except for their quarterback's going to be Josh Rosen decent. or Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then, and then, pretty much, you look through their roster at the end. You're like, wait a minute! I never looked at a position group and said, oh, that's really good. I just kept looking at position groups and going, oh, that's really decent. I think their running backs are good. Their running backs are good, and you can make an argument about their defensive backs. Safety's I think their running backs are sneaky. They dude. have three fourths of a really nice defensive but, back core. But like we're in 2019, dude. If you build your team around my running, our running backs are good. You're busted. Like that is not good. <laughs> like you can't build around running backs. It's 2014, man. Or uh, I'm gonna just get this out there. I picked the Dolphins to go two and 14. Oh, uh, I think I think that's aggressive. Whoa. I probably I probably will go back and give them a couple wins here or there because going two and 14 is pretty rare in the NFL. But they want to be bad. They will switch Josh Rosen out if he plays too good. Like they will put Fitz match Patrick in and go throw some interceptions for us, buddy. We need to do a tug of the Like they're they are not. Oh, that's the thing around. about Fitz Magic. He's only good when he's on a terrible team that can't go anywhere. So right. you don't want to put him in. Right, you guys got any Dolphins takes for me? Uh, yeah, they were not a very good team last year and somehow went seven and nine. They were arguably the statistically worst team in the AFC East and somehow finished second. And I think that regression to the mean of continuing to be bad when you lose talent off of your team i'm putting them at five and eleven i like your five and eleven looking at their schedule last year i too was shocked at their record um how do they go seven and nine all, because more their shocked. division blows they went four and two in the division for a team that was so bad in the draft how did you not get more picks also another- seven and nine seems so much better than six and ten and you guys, it's not you guys want another hot take they go zero and six in the division this year We'll get to we'll get to the last two. Mm, we'll see. I two and four. I thought that was. Spicy. I mean, you never know who's going to slip up there. This, Plus, division games. This isn't games. our hot takes podcast, Nathan. <laughs> I don't. I do not like the Dolphins, and they want to. They want to bottom out. And yeah, I know. And they're so bad at everything. Why would you think you'd be good at bottoming out? Yeah, I mean, that's because it's, e- it's easier to bottom out than it is to do anything else. <laughs> well, I feel so bad for Josh Rosen, uh, Kevin. I also have them at five and eleven. I think that they will somehow earn the third pick in the draft. Uh, I don't know who's going to be worse, but. Again, the Dolphins will fail here too. That's right. Eric and Kevin high on the Dolphins at five and eleven. Nathan realistically two and four. Kind of like Nathan, but different than Nathan. I too may change some games around and drop them a game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I could see myself coming up to like three, maybe four wins. I think I'm going to be. I'm not going four or five. I'm not going. I think I'm sitting four. on the ceiling though. Not happening. Patriots. They retold their uh, their wide receiver co- or their receiving core. They picked up Demarius Thomas, Bruce Ellingson, Austin Safarian Jenkins. They lost Chris Hogan. They just cut Austin Safarian Chris, Jenkins today. They, they cut him today. Yeah. Oh, man. Really? That's funny. Uh, Chris yeah, Hogan. he's going through some stuff. Chris Hogan, they the lost. Who, Chris Hogan was terrible last year, but he did play almost 1,000 snaps. Uh, Trey Flowers and Trent Brown also hit the bricks. Trey Flowers, of course, receiving a huge defensive end contract to go be a Detroit Lion. They drafted Nikhil Harry, Joan Williams, Chase Winovich, Yadnika Ute. And Damian Harris in the first three rounds. Seahawks connection. Well, the Seahawks traded for tight end Jacob Hollister from New England just this offseason. So there's Not your go with Big Mike Bennett. Seahawks connection, dude. I'm, I tried to. I tried to Too do many first current players was my first choice for this. All right, I didn't realize there was a pecking order on this. Yeah, um, and then I would go, you know, former players, and then. But I want a current Seahawks connection. All right, Patriots. Here's my deal. I don't think that they're going to be great this year. I think they. they oh, what, talk about their record. They've last they, year. They were 11-5, 5-1 five. Five, five in the division, Super Bowl champions. They are these coming off a Super Bowl win. But once you get into the playoffs, you it's hard to bet against them. There's no reason they can't get right back to the Super Bowl. That being said, 
the losses are significant. They figured something out before everyone else, so they're ahead of the curve. They figured out that you can scheme for pressure, but you can't scheme for coverage. It, you just you can't scheme to get a guy covered really well without really messing up your defense. So they have a really, really good secondary. Gilmore and McCourty is 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 up there, and they drafted Joan Williams, which will be a nice development guy to go with Duke Dawson. And that those guys are going to start to develop into real dudes this year, right? And and that's I think something that they can lean on to to make up for some of those. I think uh, whether or not they develop is going to decide what the ceiling is over the next couple of years. Yeah, and then you got ben, Bennett and Winovich should should be able to provide that schemed pass rush. Yep, and Jamie Collins, uh, he'll just slide back into being a jack of all trades for them because that's what they, New England does. They, they pick up their own players after they've lost they value. They have so many good running backs on this roster, and they're going to do some janky two running back stuff. I they picked up Damian one of my Harris is a nice runner. They picked up one of my favorite like UDFA guys, Nick Brissett. Like I'm, I'm kind of mildly excited to see how he works with them because I'm sure they'll just turn him into a one yard wrecking ball like they did with. Uh, the Oregon guy, uh, LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. And- I also uh, really like the wide receiver pickups. Demarius Thomas and Dontrell Inman, I think, are both good outside receivers to complement Edelman's, like, three healthy games. And Nikhil Harry's going to come in and play, uh, like, slot or outside wide receiver. Nikhil Harry's pretty interesting. You guys kind of sold me on Chase Winovich, and when they drafted him, I they're, was very sad. Their Same. offensive line will be great, like always. Um, yeah, because Trent Brown actually wasn't that good and no one should have paid him that much. And if Yadni Kajus can't take over, then it'll be uh, Isaiah Wynn and... Marcus Cannon, who's who they had last Nick year. Nick Cannon. Nick, Nick Cannon? Nick Cannon's hilarious, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that skit last week. I'm trying to remember any quote, and I can't. Son! <laughs> he's walking out with your rent money! <laughs> Don't make me mad! Okay, here's my thing about the, the oh, Patriots. Also, uh, by the way, real quick... Um, weird side plug on a draft pick. Watch out for uh, Halte Froholt um, oh, yeah. out of Arkansas, uh, who's going to be the next guy that you're like, who the heck is that guy who's playing really good offensive line for New England? That's the dude. Well, I mean, every, it's always because they're Scar Scarmack is like the best coach, uh, line coach. The, he left for one year. Their offensive line kind of went to shit, and then he comes back, and they're instantly just best in the league again. Yep. Um, and they got James Friends. Okay, so anyway. New England Patriots, they have to play the the AFC North and the A and the NFC East, which I think is is mildly a bad draw for them. To that to that point, I picked them to go uh, ten and six. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad, but I think they drop a couple games in division and uh, look mortal, but still easily win the division because it's not good. Um, so there you go, ten and six. Eric, uh, they they were eleven and five last year. They I kept having these games. I was like, "Oh, when are they going to lose this game?" Somehow they were eleven and five. I think they're going to regress this year slightly with a tougher schedule because last year their eleven and five came up against an easier schedule. I too had them at ten and six and winning the division. Uh, I have them at five and one in the division and going nine and seven overall. Yeah, what? Kevin, so you kind of agree with the uh, the tougher. Out of conference. I think the tougher out of conference, and I think they could have one of those kind of ugly Septembers that they have every once in a while, where they go like maybe two and three or something weird. Tom Brady has to get old eventually, right, guys? Right? Uh, That's not what I'm going to bet on. (laughs) Uh, It's Tom versus time. Tom wins. Okay. At this rate. Jets. (laughs) Forever. Jets 4 and 12. 
They added C.J. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell, and Brian Poole. They drop. Uh, they have not re-signed any of their secondary guys. Claiborne, Screen. Uh, they lost James Carpenter. They drafted Quinton Williams, uh, Jachai Polite, Chuma Adoga. They traded for Kalecio Samele. Yes, they did. And then Seahawks Connection, you guys ready for this? Seahawks legend Geno Smith was drafted by the... <laughs> <laughs> I knew you guys would laugh at that. Oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> he, he's he'll always be a Seahawks legend to me. Okay. Um, okay. That makes one. So, the Jets. You ready for this? I don't get why you would let a GM spend so much money, make all of your draft picks, hire your coach, and then fire him before the season starts. It is the stupidest thing I've ever seen any team do, ever. I hate the Jets for doing this, but there's enough talent on this team. They're going to go like 7-9. and nine. I read mad, a Sports Illustrated article it. on why, like how this happened. Basically, they were going on, you know, around people's back and around the GM's back uh, when they still had Todd Bowles to see if there was any good, like, big-name coaches out there. They had to settle on Adam Gase, and they basically did not tell the GM that they were going to hire Adam Adam Gase. And uh, Adam Gase did not like the GM. There's a lot more to this, but it's all boring jet stuff. I'll just say that that team is dysfunctional at an ownership level. Bad culture, bad decisions. Also, Adam Gase is their coach. If you sign up to be the GM of the New York Jets right now, you are basically signing up to to carry out someone else's plan because you have no flexibility anymore because you have to deal with the Le'Veon Bell contract, the C.J. Mosley contract. Like you've got all of these problems now that you've inherited from someone else. Like uh, it's just, this, it was it's Gettleman, stupid. right? Gettleman was the guy who went into Carolina and had to deal with a horrendous cap situation and then got canned as soon as they got out of it, and now he's on the Giants and. You can come to your own conclusions about the Giants, but whoever gets this situation is going to be a very similar situation to Gettleman, where you're going to spend your whole time just trying to like undo the <clears throat> chain of knots that you have inherited. Yeah, it's, it's all bubblegum, duct tape, and shoelaces wrapped in a ball. Like, sort it out. Have fun. But I completely agree. Uh, they have a quarterback who's good enough a wide receiver core that's good enough. That quarterback, by the way, is the hot take of and everyone this offseason. Uh, their running back is good enough. If you're they have a decent offensive line. Their players they paid way too much aren't bad. Nope, but you just not. paid a ton of money for a league average roster. You're gonna go seven and nine. Yeah, they're seven and they're, this team. This it's team a roster super just expensive league average roster. Seven and nine. Team. <laughs> yeah, and that's like not good when you spent 150 so million dollars on new players this offseason and. The thing that sucks is like whatever gym you bring in, they don't get to hire their coach to be their guy. They don't get to, they don't get to, like I could see them going eight and eight maybe. Like they're not this like this roster is not that bad. There they is could talent even go roster. nine and seven like at Jamal, best. Jamal Adams is good. Quinn and Williams will be a very good nose tackle for them. I don't know how they generate a lot of pass rush, but if Polite comes along quickly, they could get like six and a half, seven sacks at him. They can rotate these other guys and get, you know, a, a decent pass rush going. They were starting Buster Screen after Mo Claiborne got I, injured. I, I'm aware. Like, this is a significant <laughs> upgrade to uh, corner. I'm very aware about Buster Screen because he was like the third most snaps of any guy they lost, and I was like, oh, Buster Screen. Yep, that's not good. Uh, Great and football Brian name, Poole, solid corner to bring in uh-huh. to the situation. Like, they, there's a talent upgrade here. It's just 
Everything's better, like you, you said. You definitely put a lot of money into like Chuma Adoga, uh, their office, their office of tackle they picked up. He could like stealthily come in and be a, like a decent starter. You're just gonna have a hard time convincing me that you couldn't have gotten very similar running back production out of Elijah McGuire, Trenton Cannon, and Ty Montgomery out of that you're gonna get out of Le'Veon Bell, and you're giving Le'Veon Bell so much freaking money. It's like I know Le'Veon Bell is good, but you're gonna get most of that production out of these other guys. You know, is CJ Mosley worth that much more than he's an inside you know, just linebacker? A solid inside linebacker. He's a three four inside linebacker. Like I how much better is CJ Mosley than Blake Cashman? Right. That's is, the thing. Is he is he a like highest paid linebacker in the league? Better? Is he fifteen no. million dollars better? Yikes. Like I don't think so. That's hard. It's and the thing that sucks for these. You could have gotten Ziggy Anza. Is if they just hire their GM on time, then they, then maybe they, this whole thing happens differently. Well, then the uh, the GM wouldn't have the ability to just hit Google of attractive free agents and just start throwing money at people for no reason. Yeah, this is just a this is pretty much not good roster. I also like I also like Jamison Crowder. They they picked up. Yes. I think Jamison Crowder is actually like a sneaky good pickup. Buying low on the Washington Redskins uh, wide receivers who've had to deal with a lot of trash the last couple of years is going to be smart paul richardson's going to get out of there in two years and all of a sudden be good again and everyone's gonna be like what happened well you, you escaped alex Smith's leg exploded and well then they had to play colt mccoy as their starter yeah i'm wondering about dotson dotson's gonna go somewhere and be decent yeah dotson dotson i think has mad potential okay we'll get there in four weeks eric do you agree with our seven yeah and nine man takes? i love the, i love the seven and nine mainly because when i was first looking at their record i was like wow i thought this team was better than four and twelve and then I remembered Nathan's whole, you know, your rule of no blank is going to be so much better this year. Temper your expectations. And that goes with this team record. They're 4-12. and 12. They're not going to rush up to 10 wins like a lot of people are saying Sam Darnold's going to carry them there. They will be 7-9. Yeah, that's the only way that this team ends up having a way forward is if suddenly Sam Darnold's like a top five quarterback. If he turns into Matt Stafford. Because if you ever become a top five quarterback, then like congratulations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like I like them to go like three and three in the division, drop one, you know, split with split with the Bills, kill the Dolphins two times and then beat you know, lose to the Patriots twice. Yeah. And yeah, I think the Bills are just slightly better than the Jets because I'm 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 more in favor of their defense and I don't think that the delta between Darnold and Allen is very big right now. Darnold is better but I don't know how much better uh, right at this point. Okay, oh, let's go ahead and take a break, get to the money zone. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast, the best of which is head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest, and for as little as $1.24 a month, you get access to the group chat. You get access to some Seahawks Nest during the season betting podcasts we do. You get access to some of our uh, summer content me and Kevin put together once summer starts for the schools. And uh, all of that good stuff. Which is, uh, let me check the calendar, never this year. Yeah, I According know, to uh, <laughs> June 9th. June 19th, but June who's counting? 25th. <laughs> you have to go to the 25th. This is awful, Kevin. I'm so I, sad. I love, how, I love how I die a little every time I say it. And your reaction is always a mixture hey. of, like, schadenfreude and just, like, Kevin, I have a stunned cool, amazing. Stun, it's still more stunned amazing. Kevin, uh, hey, what are, you, what are you doing for a 4th of July break when you come back that Monday? <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> okay. Uh, Forrest, James, There are people Chuckatilla. teaching summer school this year, too. Forrest, James, Chuckatilla, Tom, Lucas, Carrie, Nick, and uh, big shouts to Dustin for uh, hooking it up. You guys are really helping us out. Uh, 
a lot and every all the patreons you guys are really the reason we can keep going keep making seahawks nest podcast uh keep improving our equipment every year and uh, we're just really making it the best podcast we can possibly make it but maybe you're poor maybe you just like have no money oh and i have a, a corrections department for this segment today too yes so um so you're you're broke and you don't know what to do uh you can head over to facebook.com slash seahawks nest twitter.com slash seahawks nest uh, give us a follow, give us a like, uh, go to iTunes, give us a five-star review. Uh, corrections department, last week we said that, um, we said on the podcast that we did not feel, or we said that... Uh, we were getting no special teams value from from linebacker slash defensive end, Barcavius Mingo. The, the Ming. The Ming? Well, we stand corrected. The Mungo. The corrections department is correct. Last year... On special teams, Barkevius Mingo played a grand total of 397 special team snaps, leading the That's team in that, and was second on the team in special teams tackles with 10. Missed three tackles, special team grade, right in the middle of the pack. He was an okay special teams contributor. We stand corrected. Now, here's a question I have for you guys. Do you want to pay a guy who plays <laughs> mostly on special teams that much money. I love how the guy who corrected us was also like, by the way, totally agree. Still worth cutting him for those dollar dollar bills. Yeah, it's so, that's that's the real thing. It's congratulations, like, you are exactly the kind of yeah, listener that we want. Yeah, I appreciate how you a called us out, but the b made sure yeah, to call out the player's salary. Yeah, because the main <laughs> my main point about Mingo is like I'm not getting anything from him that I can't get from a combination of well, other guys. Quim. Quim Griffin. Well, okay, like like so a com- combination of Quim Griffin plus. Bember Curvin? Bember Curvin equals more. More. I'm getting probably getting more for way less money. Equals equals your fantasy uh, of what really Mingo gonna, would be. Mingo really needs to fight for his roster spot. He has to kill it in the preseason and yep. the training camp. Otherwise, he is gone, 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 gone. Um, and yeah, th- thank you guys for your support, uh, Corrections Department. Thank you. Keep doing that. I like it. I, I would much rather have people send me an email like that. And plus, I know for a fact it has been verified by science People love correcting other people on the internet. And you know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> Correct me all you want. Okay, I'm ready to be He didn't even like, drop a racial slur or anything. It was no. it was a real respectful internet correction. Mature. Like, I, I, love, I love being corrected because you know what? I learned something. And learning is what it's all about, my friends. The so we got another know. iTunes review. Fifty four. We're only Ooh. fifteen away from the number. Fifteen on the oh quest. Gosh. Will we make it? For nice. Yeah. Really like this as we, fast we as possible. Go, and, and what you guys don't know is we don't have that much longer to make it. So pl- let's go. <laughs> we should call it the French I'm, Connection. I'm not, by I'm the not way. trying to. I'm not trying to go inside baseball or let you guys in on any secrets. But if if you join the Patreon and get in the chat, you'll you'll know what's going on. So uh, for everyone else, uh, keep it up. Keep those five-star reviews rolling in. 54, all five stars. You guys are the best. Uh, I love you all. Okay, so, w- movies. Movie Zone. We decided, you know what? Uh, this week, Godzilla King of the Monsters comes out. Let's rewatch Godzilla 2014. I rewatched it with my son. Best thing happened. So, we watched the whole movie. He's he's like, we're like playing, you know. I've already seen it, so I'm not, I'm half watching, just playing with my son. I'm reading him books and playing this stuff. And then the end of the movie comes up. And then, and if you've seen this movie, so spoiler alert, I turn the podcast off, go watch it. It's a good movie. I like it. By the way, um, don't bother turning it off. The end of this movie is exactly what you know it's going to yeah, be if so you the, know what yeah, Godzilla the movie, movies Godzilla are. Godzilla just gets up, does like a huge roar, and my son sees it. And he looks at me, looks at it, looks at it again, and he just goes, <laughs> He's like a one year old. And I was like, This is my kid. 
That's my kid. <laughs> he wants to be like the king. He wants to be Godzilla. I I am just like and and then so then like for the next like ten minutes. Did we you just, push him down and say if you're gonna come at the king, you best not miss? No, I'm King so. Kong, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I just I was like this is cool, and then we ended up doing like Godzilla roars for ten minutes. Is great. So um, he uh, yeah, it was super fun, and I just think that there's a couple scenes in this movie that this movie is is good. But not great. But there are a couple scenes in this movie. That so can are I do just, the big critique while you find your scenes? Just straight bangers. So Kevin, why don't you tell me like what are the drawbacks for you, and then I'm going to tell you the scene that the scenes that fix that. So uh, big drawback. Biggest monster fan here. Biggest drawback number one. And Eric, uh, you tell me how you feel about this. Uh, I, I will do the drawback. You do the critique. Drawback number one. Not enough Godzilla. Absolutely true. And I'm wondering if that's because of. Uh, they don't want to cite budget, but they kind of want to do the Christopher Nolan, what he did with Batman Begins. Well, we wanted you to see it from the blank point of view. I mean, they spent is, $160 million on this movie. Yeah, this movie was not it kind of makes me wonder how much they're spending on the newer one that is tanking. $260 million. Dear Lord, that's yeah. Okay. No, it's uh, 170 to 200 depending on tax breaks. Well, they probably had a coupon. <laughs> no, that is with it. Tax breaks, yes. They had a coupon. Go ahead, Kevin. All right. Uh, number two. Um... I felt like the time jumps were not very clean. Okay. What do you mean? The uh, you mean like from from point to point where people are moving? From point to point, but also from uh, um, three name guy uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's childhood <laughs> to adulthood. Um, the I will call it the Brian Cranston experience. That's uh, fair. I felt like that jump. Uh, was a little awkward okay. because it immediately jumps to him coming back from Afghanistan and you just feel like, I got, cool, I got all this stuff that I could catch up on, but I'm really just waiting to see Godzilla, so I don't care. Yeah, and, and um, uh, okay. Brian Cranston, thanks for making a little bit more than a cameo in this movie. Uh, by the way, Brian Cranston's role not, really not, good, not and I enjoyed a, that part. Not quite a lead, but not, not a cameo. It is a, It is a nice supporting role for him. I thought it was good. Um, All thirty minutes. Uh, those are my primary critiques, he, mostly because he very dramatically dies. You know, he, he does, does, but at the same time, like when by the time Godzilla, he is Godzilla until Godzilla shows up. I could have used a little bit more crazy Brian Cranston, though. I would have loved Brian Cranston really the whole movie when kinda he like, was just being insane in his yeah, apartment, kind of like crazy, uh, crazy John C. Riley in uh, Kong Skull Island. Yes, exactly. Yes. Or uh, somehow not and, as crazy. Any <laughs> crazy Stellan Skarsgård roles? I'm good with those. Here's the thing, though. It did what every good monster movie needs to do. And this is a good monster movie. It's not the best monster movie. It's not the best movie. But it's a good monster movie because they cased a real human story within the monster movie. Yeah. There's a very real human story in here that makes sense. That doesn't make you feel dumb. It isn't a drawback. Intelligence. It, it's not them trying to beat the monsters because that is impossible. Yes. These are kaiju. Like you, and it, so there's a very real good human story in here. And there's two scenes that I think are really great. One... The first one is the one where they're rolling around on the bridge, and the muta, the the muto, is like is like on the bridge, and they're like trying to hide from it. That scene is really intense. Oh, the and Golden like, Gate when they, when they no, know, it's in the, at night when they're on the uh, bridge. the giant train. Oh, the tra- bridge. yeah, the and train bridge scene is the really flaming well train comes through and he falls into the water. That scene is awesome. And then the wake up scene that accompanies it too. Okay. I feel like that whole connection then, is good. And the next scene that's really good. Is the halo jump where you hate their halo jumping from yes. the from the plane, and then you're halo jumping from the plane, and you pan over and you can see Godzilla fighting the Mutos. And, and it does it's like, like a found footage angle. 
Yeah, it's that was really the good. that was the original teaser. Was that where it it basically prepped the Halo jump and then it showed a majority of the Halo jump scene because that was impressive. You one guy you see like Nathan said the the two monsters fighting and the other one you just see a foot. They really gave Godzilla a scale. Yeah, and yes. it's not. Um, that scene slays, dude. I, I I rewound and watched that scene twice. Don't make fun of me for what I'm going to say because I don't mean like it looked real, but it gave it had an air of one of my favorite well, words, like verisimilitude, where you think if this really happened, this is what it would look like, and that was really cool. Godzilla's design Ooh. in this movie kicks ass. Let me couch he all looks, of this. He's something. He looks good. Oh, he looks awesome. There's a thing that I think all of us do really well, which is we all walked in going, big dumb monster movie. All right. If you watch, if you walk into like Pacific Rim and you're like, the fight scenes between the giant robots and the kaiju are unrealistic, don't watch these movies. But if you're like, within the world they have created all this works and if you as long as you make like a human story that doesn't insult my intelligence i would say pacific rim uprising really toes the line on this one i felt like my intelligence was slightly being insulted whereas the original did a nice job well the original i felt like not as insulting just had bad dialogue just corny the plot was fun bad it's a little corny yeah yeah but it's a giant robot fight. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, I'll say I wasn't this. expecting a certain thing. I got it. Has anyone seen the sequel here? Uh, King of the Monsters? No. Yeah, we have not seen. None of us here have seen it. No. Sadly, uh, I'm responsible for myself, and I should have seen it. I just won five hundred dollars worth of movie tickets, though, so I am going to be <laughs> seeing it. I've got I got movies to see now. Uh, a lot of my I'll friends be taking have the se- family because we all like big dumb movies. Yeah, a lot of my friends have seen this movie, and I've only heard one bad review of a guy who hated it, and he. He took it way too seriously. He was like, yeah. it was just terrible plot, and it's only good for 20 minutes of monster fighting. Everyone else said, this movie's amazing. The human element can suck it. Who cares? The monsters yeah, I've heard are the, awesome. I've, I've heard the human element is trash. My sister said, it's really good, but you just have to kind of not care about the human stuff because it's so stupid. Good. Yeah. I already don't care walking in. I But the thing is, I... I like when a movie like the 2014 Godzilla gives me something to care about. It, it it adds to the tension. It gives the movie a sense of stakes and scale, which is going to be harder to do. And the thing I like about this movie is you see, for a PG-13 movie, people die in this movie. Like, they they, they are not shying away from showing you, like, someone, a bunch of people get slammed by a giant wave. Like, it happened. Dude, the evacuation scenes, uh, the one on the beach where they, in Hawaii. Where, they got the, where the little girls running. Oh yeah, gosh, that uh, so that's intense. so well. And then over her, over the dad's shoulder, you get that angle. Um, the evacuation of the hospital and the chaos. Um, the chaos on the Golden Gate Bridge with trying to direct traffics for, like, the tanks going one way and the evacuation going the other. They did a really good job making you feel like... This is how this would look. Like, just utter chaos. I'm so mad they couldn't get Gareth Edwards to come back to do the new the new Godzilla and to keep making these movies. Because I think he did a good job on this. I like Also, Ro- he looks like it could be my uncle or cousin. I like Rogue One. <laughs> like, I, I'm not... I mean, it's I mean, a well-shot movie, too. Yeah, I think Rogue One looks good. I think the story's a little... Story's solid. It looks very good. But it but it's a good-looking movie, and I think that the, they have good banter in that movie, which I like. Um, but now... So now we're in the situation where we got Godzilla... When Kong Skull Island comes out, um, I think we all agree we liked Kong Skull Island. Uh, that mm-hmm. is on my watch list. Okay. You haven't seen it yet, Kevin? I have not. I it's, bought it, and I haven't seen it yet. It's very good. It's great. It's fun. You'll love it. Uh, they okay. were on sale with the launch so, of the King of Monsters, so I bought the two of them. I had not seen Godzilla until this most recent weekend. Now, 
Oh, really? Godzilla. Yep. Now, Godzilla King of the Monsters comes out. Very mixed reception. I think knowing that it's from the director of X-Men Apocalypse, we can't be surprised by that. Yep. Then, Godzilla vs. Kong's coming out, and they gave Godzilla vs. Kong to the director of the Blair Wish remake. Oh, no. And, uh, and, and Netflix's Death Note. I don't feel good about this at all. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah, Adam Wingard. So... I'm hoping this is like Adam Wingard, Wingard's White Whale. Like, this is the movie he's wanted to be making the whole time but couldn't get the money to do. That's my only hope for the Godzilla vs. Kong movie. I really like... Because, you know, in Kong's Island, Kong's a teenager, right? He's going to be way bigger than he was in that movie, right? Because it's set in the 70s. And I kind of wonder about that, how they're going to pull this off. Because Godzilla is huge. King Kong... But Kong was always the brains to to Godzilla's brawn, right? Like... He always was a little smarter because he's. I a, don't even know. Is that Simeon? Because he probably made. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I'm into it. I'm into that movie. I want it to be good. I'm. I d- deeply desire it to be to be awesome. I'd say the effects in King of the Monsters, from what I've seen, look amazing, and that's all I care about. And let's be honest: when the effects are that good, if the soundtrack is decent and the visuals are good, then these really bottom out at like what two and a half out of five. You walk out going, "That was really fun." Never watching that again. Yeah, and then if like the plot is decent and the monster fight's cool, it's like three stars, and you're like, I'll probably watch just the climax of this movie again, or I'll watch it like once every five or ten years. And then if you can just get like that next little tick, which like uh, Godzilla 2014 got, it had just that little bit more with the human plot being enjoyable. I'm sitting there looking at this, going, Yeah, like I'd watch it again in a year. Just some more things I like about 2014. You ready? Uh, it has an Olsen twin. Well, okay, sure. It has Elizabeth <laughs> Olsen. She's awesome. But this Alexander Desplat, who did the music, the music in this movie is really good. Dude, the uh, sound in general is sound, on the point. The soundtrack's really good. The There's a lot of restraint for a monster movie. I think it's easy to just go the route that it seems like the new one went, where you just throw everything onto the screen and like let the effect shine and just make it big and dumb. And this movie had the restraint to... like build some tension and like make you try to feel something which i appreciate i it is fun to see buildings blow up it is fun to see monsters fight but i like it when there's something a little bit more behind that and, and like tried to, a and million like, people like dying having, is a, a having a really good shot of like a little girl and then she's on the beach and then turning the camera and watching her run from a giant wave is really like t- it it's tense and it's it's like, and in a movie where they show people die, you're like, man, is they about to murder this kid? Like, they definitely just murdered that dog, so, like, I don't, anything could happen. Yeah, yeah, the dog is running, and, and he's gone. And he's in, yeah, he's in the wave. I'll say they did some really cool shooting things, too, where, uh, like, when Godzilla happens upon San Francisco, and the the U.S. Navy is kind of, I don't know if they're escorting him, but they're they're acting like they're escorting him. Uh, kind of like when I followed Hideki Kojima through PAX. Um <laughs> He's just kind of like hanging out with him, hoping that he doesn't notice him. But when he stops, he gets to the Golden Gate Bridge and he stops. And you think he's like, oh, he's going to go underneath it. But really, he's just readjusting and his spines are moving the other way and he stands up. It's it's impressive. It was really cool. It was a nice little shock. Like, oh, wow, I'm going to get to see the whole monster here. Yeah, like you said, the sense of scale is elevated in certain circumstances they where use, you really get a feel. They use things that you know the size of them. You don't know how big buildings are, right? Like when you see them, you're like, that could be a big or small. But you know how big people are. You know how big the Golden Gate Bridge is. They used things that you know. The halo jump. So if that you're jumping scale. from a plane, like you can only jump from certain heights. <laughs> Yeah, and and it makes it seem like really 
I don't know, you could see the person and then you look over there and you're like, whoa, that's really big. That's very, very large. Um, they did a really good job. I, and then there's so many uh, little the little things like every actor in this movie is just doing a really good job. They like even the bit actors are like Sally Hawkins and like. Oh, there's great casting. Uh, Ken really Watanabe was a really good pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he does a really good job in many roles. Let them fight. <laughs> yeah, he's hunting. <laughs> He's like, like, okay, I just love that Anything there's like a, says there's like, like, like a, oh, yeah. a, there's like a clandestine organization of, of biologists. I just love this idea. Right? It's, it's just, and, and you're just willing to <laughs> As a biologist. They have cave paintings is... about these titans that ruled the earth long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you're just like within the confines of the story that's being told, you're like, screw it. Sure. Yeah. Yep, here's my, good. here's my question. You guys seen Shin Godzilla? No, that's all my watch list and high on it. I've heard that it's one of the better Godzillas you can see. I okay. Do you have you seen Shin Godzilla, Eric? No, I've seen pictures and clips. I think Shin Godzilla is both better and worse than this movie in certain ways. I like <laughs> the way Godzilla looks in Godzilla twenty fourteen better, but like Godzilla Shin Godzilla, dude, it is. It's a. It's cla- for it's like a classic. It's like a classic style Godzilla movie. I would highly if you're a fan of the big man, the king himself, Godzilla, I highly recommend Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla is awesome. They really modernized like the OG Godzilla story, you know, in a way that I think is pretty cool. Um it's it's like lo-fi. It's low budget, man. It's 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 kind of janky, but there's something charming about that. They made this Godzilla movie for like 17 million dollars, you know. That's that's cool. It works. Um, it's it's a little bonkers, and uh, I don't know. I I like it. I I think if you made an argument that Shin Godzilla was better than Godzilla twenty fourteen, um, I listen to it? I would I would be willing to hear that. You'd you'd hear it and you go, huh, interesting. I would I think that that you can make that argument. Um, but I I personally like Godzilla twenty fourteen slightly more. Um, I bet you people are gonna be mad at me for that take because I think I don't know if enough people have seen it. I just hope King of the Monsters doesn't suck this franchise away because one thing i did hear from uh no that from that's... someone i know they said well, they make one of these like every couple years i'm like what are you talking about the last one was 2014 you didn't watch that one what are you talking about i feel like it's action movie fatigue and people are so worried about saying sorry go soapbox that avengers is so good and it's like that is also just a fun movie it's it's okay to have fun in a movie and it's not a popcorn movie. Yeah, you gonna go see X Men Dark Pahonics? Absolutely not. No, that's um, they, uh, I was trying to bury that as fast as they can. It's already the reviews are coming out, baby. It is not good. Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> uh, there apparently, like there's a there's a scene in the original. The first time they screened it, test screened it, there was a scene that people laughed at, and it was not because it was supposed to be funny, and they had to re- go back and refilm part of it. Uh, no, that's I, what they should have kept in. I I really uh, want this movie to be good because I like Sophie Turner, I like the X Men, I like Jennifer Lawrence, McAvoy, Fassbender. Like this team, I this, think they're pretty too. This this has a this has a very like banging cast right like this cast is super good it does but uh, i've had it written off since it was announced go go ahead and shut this one down though dark phoenix not not gonna be the best shut it down. so what i'm hearing is it's an x-men movie hey you know what days of future past i really, days of future past was solidly enjoyable i really x-men 2 had some good scenes you know like about days of future past i really appreciate their willingness to throw out any sense of continuity to make a good movie <laughs> Like, well, like at the, the beginning of the movie, it's like, <laughs> like he's like, um, 
Professor X is dead, and then and, and <laughs> at the end of the last movie, they're like, and then it's just like, oh, he's back. No, he's no, he's dead. No, he's back. It's like there's like no continuity in these. Who cares? It's all good. That's Am why I, you, that's why time travel is janky. Here's the thing: why keep something that sucks? So just abandon it and try and make something that's decent. Well, they wanted to hold Am on I to rights, joke? Kevin. Am I a joke to you? No. Um, well, now that now Disney has the rights back, and I'm 100% sure we're getting Wolverine in the event. I'm 100% sure that we're going to shut down X-Men as a franchise for about five years, cleanse the palate, and then it'll get a reboot as a TV show. Are you guys more I'm excited so for that, that or a good Fantastic Four movie? Uh, we already got it. It's called The Incredibles. Yeah, I, I disagree. I would uh, yes, honestly, I would, love, I would love a good Doctor Doom. I kind of have the, I have faith that they're going to do Fantastic Four better, only because I, I have like a way I want them to do X Men. So, so here's my dream: is that the Marvel Phase Three is all about Doctor Doom. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be so down. great. That'd be the best. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my, and I have a feeling. I don't know. I just have a, like a gut feeling that that's where we're heading because it makes sense as the next like big bad, right? I'd be all over that. You could man. make a multi movie arc about Doctor Doom. Fact. He's so sweet. Yeah, um, an Iron Man who practices sorcery. I'm in. All right, for Kevin Garber, for Eric Ronnebeck, we'll see you guys next week. Go Hawks. Good times roll.